The information on aging better in uncertain times is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We are increasingly living in a world of alternatives, better packaging to protect the environment, better nutrition as opposed to our current menus, better and more streaming services to upgrade our home entertainment, driverless cars as a means of cutting down on accidents. And one issue that is gaining so much attention and more as the day goes by is cannabis as an alternative to current medical applications. So patients on opioids are always looking for alternative therapies to help control their pain. And um, when they come into the pharmacy, they are looking to maybe potentially reduce their use of opioids and, and look at other alternatives. Uh, sometimes they're not finding relief for the traditional pharmaceuticals, and that's why uh, they, they may be looking to medical cannabis as a potential treatment option to help control their pain symptoms. I'm Gord Martin. Welcome to another in our series of Aging Better in Uncertain Times. And this special educational series is supported by Medical Cannabis by Shoppers Drug Mart. For more information on understanding cannabis, visit cannabis.shoppersdrugmart.ca. And we welcome now a resident medical expert, uh, Dr. Fabio Barlese, the Chief of Medical Staff at Runnymede Hospital, the Assistant Professor of Internal and Geriatric Medicine at the University of Toronto, and founder of the Toronto Clinic. Fabio, when patients come to you and bring up the issue of medical cannabis, what do you tell them, and, and how do you say this could be an alternative to current medical applications? Uh, thank you, Gord. Uh, this is such a hot topic in medicine these days, and as you mentioned, uh, my background is uh, in internal medicine and geriatric medicine. In particular, medical cannabis is finding incredible opportunities in the management and treatment of medical conditions uh, in the geriatric population. Um, we have certainly a long list of medications uh, to treat all sorts of ailments and medical conditions in geriatrics. But medical cannabis is becoming more and more popular. And this is uh, um, usually brought on by the sandwich generation, the kids of elderly patients who are bringing this to their parents and to the doctors uh, that their parents are seeing. And so we get these questions all the time. Uh, medical cannabis is uh, doing its best to assume the status of a medication. And it's a very long process, um, the way medical cannabis is isolated uh, and presented in products is uh, very unconventional when we compare it to medical products in our industry. Um, and therefore, there's a huge learning curve and uh, doctors today need to um, update themselves on, on, uh, in this topic. Uh, many of them are undergoing other you know, programs and uh, educational sessions uh, at their universities because they're not very well versed in this field. So it is an exciting time because the potential for medical cannabis is significant, uh, I think but it hasn't you know, reached the level of a medical product yet. Now let's welcome a couple of other guests with us today who are well-versed on the issue of medical cannabis, one of them being Neil D'Souza, the head of a group of pharmacists at Shoppers Cannabis Care, and Dr. Eldon Smith, 
the Emeritus Professor of Medicine at the University of Calgary, Order of Canada recipient, and the co-founder and chairman of Cardiol. Neil, let's go to you first. You head up a team of pharmacists who are not only just, you know, functionaries, retail functionaries who hand, you know, their client a bag with their medicines in it and wave goodbye. These are people well-versed on the issue of medical cannabis. Uh, thanks, Corey. Uh, that, that's a great question, and, and we often get patients coming in to see if medical cannabis would be appropriate for them. And uh, whenever we get that question, our, our usual uh, we, we usually have a discussion with the patient with regards to what exact symptoms they are hoping to treat. And our recommendation is always for them to speak to their primary care physicians, whether that be their family doctor or or even referring them to a specialized cannabis clinic, where they can have a discussion about the symptoms that they're hoping to treat and evaluate if medical cannabis is the, the best option for. Them. And Neil, the team of pharmacists that you have, I mean, they're not just pharmacists, they are capable of engaging the client in, in a discussion about medical cannabis and its possible uses as opposed to their current medical applications. Uh, I, I think so, uh, because a lot of patients may have never used uh, medical cannabis previously, and uh, what they know of cannabis may be sort of what they've learned uh, growing up, uh, and it's something to, for people to sort of use recreationally. And uh, what we want to do is sort of change that impression that medical cannabis can be used for some conditions and can be very effective for some conditions. So there is a lot of evidence, for example, related to pain uh, management using medical cannabis, uh, and we often see patients coming in to, uh, to ho hopefully get relief from their symptoms related to pain, whether it be chronic pain or pain associated with osteoarthritis, for example. And uh, we often have to have those conversations with the patients to say, you know, you are using your traditional pharmaceuticals, you may or may not be getting the, the most appropriate relief from your symptoms using that. And why not uh, evaluate if medical cannabis may be an alternative that might work best for you. Uh, and again, there are some other conditions that we have patients coming in besides just pain, but uh, often that's a question that comes up and uh, recommend, recommending medical cannabis as an alternative, uh, either in conjunction with their current therapy or instead of, uh, usually does help patients receive, uh, uh, find, or sorry, get some relief from their positive, uh, get some relief from those symptoms that they're experiencing. Eldon, as we age, as you know, that we deal with a variety of health issues, two of them being inflammation and heart disease. Can you tell us uh, how we understand the specific rationale for developing cannabidiol as an anti-inflammatory agent? Yeah, Gord, I think the, uh, uh, the bottom line in that one is that uh, we look to the preclinical literature in order to get uh, the justification and rationale for pursuing uh, uh, CBD is an anti-inflammatory agent. So I'm going to review a number of uh, preclinical studies that we use as the basis for uh, for the work we have done. Uh, first off, there was a rodent model of diabetic cardiomyopathy or heart failure. Uh, in that particular model, there was a lot of inflammatory cells within the heart muscle. There was death of heart cells. There were high levels of uh, substances called cytokines, which we've heard lots about uh, with COVID-19. And there was impaired contraction and increased scarring or increased fibrosis. So that was the, uh, the first model that we uh, encountered. And CBD in that model uh, led to a reduction, a significant reduction, in the 
involvement in all of these parameters. So all of these parameters were actually improved by CBD. Neil, are there specific medical conditions where you would feel comfortable suggesting that medical cannabis would be an alternative to the medications they're currently taking, especially among aging people? Would it act as an alternative to current medications? Uh, yep, uh, there is a wide range of uh, research out there, and it is varied in, in terms of content. Uh, but the, the most common tr uh, symptoms or conditions we're seeing patients using medical cannabis for uh, would be pain, and, and that's wide ranging. So whether it be chronic pain or uh, pain associated with osteoarthritis, for example. Uh, in addition to that, we, we have a lot of patients using it for insomnia uh, to help with that, uh, along with anxiety, uh, appetite loss, uh, chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. Uh, a lot of patients using that, finding it very effective to help with appetite uh, stimulation. Uh, patients uh, experiencing PTSD symptoms uh, or suffering from epilepsy. And uh, also some patients using it for, uh, to help with depression uh, and also spasticity associated with uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, so a few different conditions that we, we have patients that are using medical cannabis to help treat those symptoms. Fabio, you have aging clients coming to you at your Toronto clinic, and you know they're asking you questions about medications, and when you suggest CBD or medical cannabis as an alternative, they say to you, I'm not taking that. And, and do you find that's simply an informational gap that you have to kind of educate them a little bit as to what cannabis, medical cannabis actually is? That's so true. It happens all the time. Um, there are very specific situations, uh, medical conditions, that sometimes could be resistant to the standard medications that we give. Or, for example, when giving medications, patients tend to develop a lot of side effects. Um, there are scenarios where the opportunity for medical cannabis is important, significant, and um, uh, definitely a consideration. And uh, therefore, it takes the type of counseling and education that patients require in order to win over uh, this as an alternative. Um, it's not just the stigma, but um, clinicians really need to educate their patients about the opportunity to be able to wean off a patient from opioids, for example, that have their own list of side effects, and they're very significant. In the elderly, we see a lot of falls from opioids. So the opportunity to taper an opioid and have medical cannabis as an alternative is, is important, and it's certainly a consideration today. Neil, when you're talking to members of your team, it's important that you impress upon them, I would imagine, that pharmacists are an important link in this whole process, because after all, they're the ones who can take a client aside, step aside for a moment and say, you know, you might want to consider medical cannabis as an alternative to the current medications you're taking, especially among aging clients. And, and so what do you tell them that's going to set people a little bit more at ease? Uh, so, so with the medical cannabis program, it is offered uh, remotely, so there is no uh, interaction, I guess, at the store level, if you will. So they're usually talking to my team through the call center. Uh, from that perspective, though, uh, when these questions do come up, and, and they do come up from time to time, it's always important to have an open discussion with the patient uh, and, and be transparent with them that medical cannabis can be useful for some conditions, uh, but it is, uh, it is a very patient-specific uh, medication, and uh, they do have to start low. They have to go 
slow with the therapy and and with time and and dose titration they can get the uh, a positive therapeutic outcome or, or sorry treatment or, or symptom relief uh, over some time and and it is important to be patient with uh, with that process so uh, a lot of times that's the discussion we have to have with patients because they may be looking at medical cannabis as a potential therapy for them and uh, it is important for us to be at least transparent with them as to what that process looks like and how long it may take for them to actually achieve that positive positive therapeutic outcome that they're looking for. Neil, do you ever have clients coming to you and saying, you know, I really don't like taking opioids. Is there some other way or some other substance I can use for pain relief? And, and do you then suggest that perhaps CBD or medical cannabis might be the answer for them? Uh, definitely. I, I think uh, patients on opioids uh, are aware of the, the potential risks that are associated with uh, taking opioids, especially long-term, and uh, especially the fact that it, it is a very habit-forming medication. Uh, so patients on opioids are always looking for alternative therapies to help control their pain. And um, when they come into the pharmacy, they are looking to maybe potentially reduce their use of opioids and, and look at other alternatives. Uh, sometimes they're not finding relief for the traditional pharmaceuticals, and that's why uh, they they may be looking to medical cannabis as a potential treatment option to help control their pain symptoms. And Dr. Smith, what's the connection between COVID-19 and anti-inflammatory heart disease? Well, uh, I can tell you that uh, COVID is one of the most inflamed conditions uh, that we've encountered. Uh, as, as you probably everybody knows, uh, COVID starts off in the lung. It gets into the lungs through a particular receptor that exists there and the uh, COVID virus attaches to that receptor, gets into the cells and starts doing its damage. Um, the infection in the lungs creates uh, an environment in which there are high levels of cytokines. Now, these are little proteins that are produced by inflammatory cells, and they interact with other cells, often inflammatory cells as well, but uh, it's one of the things that keeps the infection or the inflammation going. Cytokines get into the bloodstream as well, and then they're circulated around the body. And for instance, the heart, uh, even though these cytokines are developed in the lungs, the heart uh, eventually develops a lot of uh, cytokines there. And in the, in the case of COVID, uh, the cytokines accumulate in the heart and in the blood vessels as well. And in the blood vessels, it causes, uh, interrupts the normal vasodilation and contraction of blood vessels, which is essential for normal circulation. You know, aging adults are looking for alternatives to, you know, their conventional medicines, which may include opioids. So, I mean, how do you broach the discussion about medical cannabis when they, you know, are, are kind of hamstrung by the conventional, uh, you know, image of cannabis? Uh, yeah, I, I think there are patients coming into the pharmacy for uh, specifically, uh, and they, that stigma associated with cannabis uh, does still exist. It only was legalized in Canada just a few years ago. So uh, a lot of patients still look at it as a, a drug 
for lack of a better word, and or an illicit drug, and uh, and therefore they, they are associating with that with something that's going to be used for recreational purposes and not really help them with their medical condition. And that's where uh, members of my team, such as uh, at the Shoppers Cannabis Care Center, where you have cannabis-trained pharmacists, they can sort of uh, debunk those myths, if you will, for the pa for those patients and really explain to them the difference between what you would see maybe in the illicit market or the recreational market and what the purpose of those products may be versus what you're seeing in the medical market and how they can help treat your conditions. So, Dr. Smith, if, 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 you know, if someone come to you, like, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago and suggested to you, you know what we're going to do? We're going to study cannabis as a possible alternative to current conventional medical applications. What do you think your reaction would have been? I would have smiled broadly uh, <laughs> yeah. and probably wished them good luck. Uh, but, you know, it's like every other thing in medicine, at least. We start off with total ignorance. We learn a little bit, and we eventually get to the point where we begin trying some of these new medications in humans. And as that progresses, we learn more and more, and that's how we develop new therapeutics. Without that process, uh, there'd be nothing new. One of the challenges with... Um, you know, people taking cannabidiol applications uh, as opposed to, you know, their current medications is, is the kind of mixture or the conflict that can happen when you're taking cannabis and as a CBD and, uh, you know, conventional medicines. You've got to stay away from, from certain combinations because the reactions can be adverse. Am I right? Yes. So there is something called drug-drug interactions in the presence of, uh, of cannabidiol. But, you know, it, it is most likely only going to be a clinically important interaction if two situations occur. One is if the cannabidiol is been, being given in relatively high doses, and two, the other compound that it interacts with has a very narrow uh, therapeutic index. That is the difference between uh, the dose that you would use to get the therapeutic effect you're looking for and the dose that would result in very adverse uh, outcomes is very narrow. So you have to be very careful. Neil, one quick question before we go. Would you take medical cannabis as an alternative to current medical applications? Uh, I, I think I would, depending on the condition I was hoping to treat. Uh, for example, as I mentioned earlier, the the evidence for pain management is quite high and it is, it's been shown to be quite effective. So if I was suffering from certain types of pain, uh, I def especially nerve pain, for example, which can be quite de debilitating, uh, I definitely would look to medical cannabis to help treat the, the, those symptoms. Time now for Dr. Fabio Varlisi's prescription for aging better. So, Dr. Varlisi, we've discussed the aging adults and medical cannabis and learned a few things, and, and you can offer a prescription, uh, the doctor's prescription, as we call it, for aging adults and, and learning about uh, medical cannabis. Yes, Gord. The aging population uh, presents with a, a very long list of medical comorbidities. Um, our geriatric population has a list of many, many drugs that they take for a big number of ailments, medical conditions, and uh, symptom management. Uh, sorting through that is really the expertise of a, a clinician that is well versed in uh, geriatric medicine. 
um, but this care also happens in, happens in primary care medicine. And therefore, when we look at medical cannabis, we look at it as an alternative to some of the drugs that we use every day uh, from anything from depression, anxiety, insomnia, decreased appetite, pain. And uh, there are growing um, opportunities for medical cannabis and physicians are becoming much more well-versed in the use of it. Understanding is, is the key to the whole thing. Once people understand you know, the possible benefits, then they can proceed with whatever choices they may make. There's no doubt understanding though happens at both levels, from the clinician level, uh, where we have physicians needing to undergo a lot of education and training, as this may have not been part of their uh, curriculum, um, and for the patient, uh, and patient needs to be educated, counsels about the opportunity in the use of medical cannabis. And I, I see a great effort now in the field of medical cannabis where both uh, parties are, are undergoing um, a knowledge review. The information on aging better in uncertain times is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Questions for the Aging Better team can be sent by email to info at agingbetter.ca or by visiting our website, agingbetter.ca. Aging Better in Uncertain Times and this special educational series is supported by Medical Cannabis by Shoppers Drug Mart. For more information on understanding cannabis, visit cannabis.shoppersdrugmart.ca. Until next time, I'm Gord Martin with Dr. Fabio Varlesi, along with producers Dominic Schulo and David Sersta. Be well and stay safe. Aging Better in Uncertain Times, an educational featured profile on understanding medical cannabis with our guest, Dr. Eldon Smith, the Emeritus Professor of Medicine at the University of Calgary, Order of Canada recipient, and the co-founder and chairman of Cardiol. Eldon, welcome, and can you tell me what kind of opportunities for innovation you've identified in the medical cannabis space, and how are you addressing the specific patient needs? Thank you, Gord. Uh, Cardiol Therapeutics is an Ontario-based biotechnology company with a focus on developing anti-inflammatory therapies for the treatment of cardiovascular diseases. Research over the past decade has clearly demonstrated the important role of inflammation in several common cardiac conditions. One molecule that caught our attention is cannabidiol, or CBD a non-psychoactive cannabinoid with both anti-inflammatory and cardioprotective effects. Because of the nature of the cardiac conditions we wish to study, it was important to develop a very pure and consistent product. Our CBD is pharmaceutically produced to GMP standards with greater than 99.9% .9 purity and is concentrated at 100 milligrams per milliliter. Our belief is that this product may be useful for individuals who should not consume THC, either because of age, pre-existing medical conditions, or both. 
Eldon, thank you. And for more information on understanding cannabis, visit cannabis.shoppersdrugmart.ca.